The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with the proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Somewhat and I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me as always is my good buddy and friend Floyd Johnson Jr. How you doing my man? I am doing well. Happy Thanksgiving to all those that celebrate. Dude, this has been like AEW. There's been a good amount of news this week, so I'm happy. Watched, I've been watching a lot of decent to good wrestling, so yeah, nothing's nothing's been bad, and yeah, yeah, and my sports teams are doing fairly well right now. Florida State yeah. only one game away from being bowl eligible. There you go. Yeah, yeah. that's not usually something to celebrate, but we started the season zero and four. Yeah, my my Central Michigan Chippewas are bowl eligible, unfortunately, because. Buffalo is sucking right now. Uh, we're not seeming like we're going to be able to uh, compete for the MAC championship two years in a row, which sucks. But I mean, we're still doing well. We'll get a bowl game, and I'm I'm proud of our team. And um, yeah, uh, Michigan Ohio State's this weekend. Uh, Michigan's going to die. Honestly, it's it's just that simple. I have no faith in Jim Harbaugh to get anything done. Uh, and then uh, Lions on Thanksgiving. Uh, please God, because Andy Dalton and uh, is in and. Uh, freaking like I need like because Khalil Max now out for the year and now Andy Dalton's in for Justin Herbert. Please, God, let this be the day that the Lions get a win. Just please let it happen. I'll probably I'll, I'll probably put a unit or two on the lines to on the money line to get the win. Degenerate gambler. That's what I. Am. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Again, like I just I hope that they can fucking do something, man. Because I'm I'm dying. I'm dying over here. But uh. You're yeah, not, we, you're not going to be 0 17. That's all that matters. That's that's true, but we're still going to probably be winless. In which case, that's a terrible fucking sign for a new regime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but you got to get the right players in there. That's the big. Thing. Yeah, but you got to at least win something so that way at least people have faith in you. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm not saying it's not true. Believe me, my team nine years ago was the number one pick in the draft, Kansas City, and you know, they, they, I mean. It changed. It changed our uh, trajectory of our team when we hired Andy Reid. And, yeah, and it went really quick. So I'm hoping something like that can happen with the Lions. I just don't want them to blame their coach right now because, you know, he just he got a team full of not very good players. Yeah, he just need. But, again, like he's made some bad coaching decisions, I will say, on offense. So, But that's getting into the weeds of everything. But yeah. I, just, I just hope they win. That's really it. Yeah, dubs. Dubs win just just one win, then claim then secure the number one draft pick, get at least one win. That's all I'm asking for, and then we're good for next year. That's all I need. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I wonder what y'all would go with with quarterback, uh, defensive, defensive end, defensive end. No, there's not, I don't think there's just enough quarterbacks this draft that are like high talent to take at number one that you would take at number one. So, They're gonna go defensive end probably. So Kayvon Thibodeau will probably. That's what I'm saying, Thibodeau. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm thinking is what they're gonna go with. Yep. Well. That's enough football talk. I know you're yeah. proud of that. Do your thing, Austin. 
Yeah, man, we got a lot to talk about with AEW this week. Of course, we're coming off of the heels of Full Gear, so we're starting to see how things unfolded after the show. Uh, we got a lot to talk about with Dynamite and Rampage, and of course, we're recording this on a Tuesday right now, so tomorrow's episode of Dynamite, which will be airing today by the time you guys hear this, will be the Thanksgiving episode of Thanks- of Dynamite, and I will also say Happy Thanksgiving to anybody who celebrates as well. Hope you all have a good one. But before we get into everything, I want to make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platforms, be sure to give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. You can leave a rating and a review, and if you're so inclined, you can also leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. That would mean the world to us, but the easiest way to support us is by following us on social media. On Twitter, we are at ATElitePod, at Social Suplex, other guys that make this show possible. Check out all their other shows that they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And I have a slight request as well before we get into uh, the big news of the week. Uh, I actually just recently for my job, because of course I am still a sportscaster for my local news station up in Alpena, Michigan, WBKB 11. I recently just finished out and put on air a package that I put together for an independent pro wrestling company by the name of Imperial Wrestling Entertainment. They put on a show, uh, their debut show in this town called Oscoda, Michigan, and they raised money for the Veterans uh, Memorial Park of Northeast Michigan with the show. I did a whole deep dive on the show, interviewed a bunch of wrestlers, filmed the show, uh, interviewed the veteran who helped put together the show, uh, did a massive package on it, um, which also involved me uh, getting body slammed uh so that's 100 percent legit like i i had to i had to do that twice actually to make sure i got the right take it didn't feel great uh i have nothing but respect for wrestlers who bump for a living because fucking sucks but uh if you guys could check that out i tweeted out the link on my twitter it's my pinned tweet so again at austin somewitz s-z-u-m-o-w-i-c-z check that out share it around if you'd like I, I put my heart and soul into that. That was like one of my favorite things I've done as a sportscaster. So if you guys could check that out, uh, I would really, really appreciate it. It was a great package. I watched it when you first posted it, and I saw Sam actually uh, liked or something. Yeah, Sam liked it. He replied. He retweeted it, I think, and said it was a uh, – said good job to me, which I really appreciated Sam sharing that for me. She says, Sam's the best, man. Again, I can only say nice things about him until the Ohio State game, which I'll have nothing nice to say. But he's genuinely the most pure soul ever. I got nothing but great things to say about security, Sam. Yeah, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. But with that out of the way, though, let's get into the big news of the week, which is the Full Gear Fallout, because, of course, Full Gear itself was a wild show, and one of the big things, the selling points for uh, Dynamite for this uh, week that we're covering was the fact that AEW had recently signed Jay Lethal, and he would be getting a TNT Championship shot against Sammy Guevara, which would be huge. Um, and, and then, of course, too, the first thing that we actually start with, and we'll get into Dynamite like right now, was the fact that because of Kenny Omega's uh, injuries that he's been wrestling through, like he said before, I think he's had some shoulder issues in the, pa- in the past uh, and he's actually going to step away from AEW for a while. And they had a backstage segment to showcase that where he was there with Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. And he's like, I got to fix things. There's things I got to change. Uh, if you guys, if you can hold down the fort while I'm gone. And Adam Cole's like, cleaner, I got this, man. I got this. And Kenny was like, oh, I was talking about the Bucks. And then Matt was like, no, no, we've got this. We've got this. And then Kenny goes off. We don't know exactly how long Kenny will be away. I don't know if any reports have said exactly if there's a timetable of when they can expect him back. But Kenny will be away. It's going to be weird, I will say, because Kenny was really, as AEW champion, back when Winter is Coming first happened last year. It just feels like, and again, just him being in AEW, just like he's been doing so much for the company. Uh, it's going to be weird without him, I will say. But I wish him nothing but the best in terms of recovery. Um, and yeah, it's just... Yeah, I mean, he was an incredible AEW world champion, so yeah. Yes, uh, he was amazing. Just want to, uh, I've actually, if you ever, I don't do a lot of Instagram, but I've been more active on Instagram lately. So if you ever want to follow me, it is at Intense, that's N-T-E-N-S-E-C-A. And I've been posting a lot of my wrestling pictures with people I've taken pictures with. And, um, yeah, did a 
I did Tag Team Tuesday this week where I had all of my uh, tag teams from AEW. Yeah. And, and then I did a Kenny Omega appreciation post is where this was leading to. It's just his title run was really fun. I actually wasn't ready for it to end. I understand that they went why they went with Hangman. I understand that Hangman needed to win. And with Kenny being hurt, it obviously needed to happen so Kenny could take some time off. But... I was really enjoying his title run. I was really enjoying it. I just, I just him and the Bucks with the overtop dre- uh, the dressing and just like they, it was like you know, there's heel, there's comic heel, but they were real heels, but they were just playing it up so hard that you literally hated them. Yep, they they did everything they could to get you to actually hate them. So yeah, nothing but nothing but great things for Kenny. Best of wishes to him in terms of his recovery. But um, yeah, but the show officially Dynamite kicked off officially with us celebrating National Cowboy Shit Day. And man, they went all out for National Cowboy Shit Day with the Dark Order there ready to go. Hangman was in full outfit, ready to go. And crowd chanting, you deserve it for the brand new AEW World Champion. And Hangman was just like, I didn't deserve this. I effing earned it. And I know this championship carries a lot of weight and uh, responsibility. And I know my next responsibility is the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. And then Danielson comes out and was like, congratulations to Hangman Adam Page. But I'm not going to lie. While I'm excited for this match for the AEW World title... I'm a little surprised and disappointed that it's not Kenny Omega standing across the ring from me. And Hangman's response was, yeah, you're right, because I beat his ass in full gear, and if I'm not mistaken, I managed to do it in less than 30 minutes. And Danielson was like, I didn't start, I didn't want to start beef, but to be fair, you're flapping your guns with this cowboy shit when I'm wrestling every single night. And Hangman's like, uh, we can do it. I know West Virginia's for lovers, and... uh He's like, we can do it right here tonight. And Hangman, Danielson literally said verbatim, when I won my when I won the when I won the championship at WrestleMania in 2014, I wrestled the very next day. So he literally dropped WrestleMania's name like on the show. And the crowd was completely blown away by that and started booing him for it, in fact. And Danielson was like I'm in my wrestling gear. You're in your cowboy boots and your jeans. I don't want to beat you for the AEW World Championship for you to have any excuse that you were not ready. So then he's like, we won't do it tonight, but I'll still fight you. And then they start going head to head. They had to be separated by the Dark Order. Danielson screaming, like, let your go- let the goons let him free. Like, you got- he wouldn't fight me even if his friends weren't, weren't stopping him and stuff like that. This, this was heelish. I mean, like, again... We don't know necessarily if this is supposed to be like a straight-on heel turn. I know everybody's been calling it a heel turn. Um, I just felt like Danielson because, again, Danielson has always stated like, like again, like when he was first showed up, he's like, CM Punk can work with the young talent. I just want to kick their heads in. Like he's always said that. So I think Danielson's just poking the bear with something like this, trying to like just get at him. But I mean, I don't. Would you would you call this a straight-up heel turn? It's okay. I'm I'm saying he's playing hillish because it's too to me it's too early in his title in Hangman's title reign for there to be a split audience right so Brian was like okay I'll be the heel I'll make them hate me for this match and then you know after the match they can shake hands and everybody's like oh I love uh, I love uh, Brian Danielson or, or Dan, uh, Brian Danielson again you know but that's what I'm saying it's just he has to. He is going to play closer to the heel role. He's never going to cheat. He's never going to be like heel like Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. But you'll see his shots will be stiffer. He's going to hold the submissions a little bit longer. It's it's more like I'm trying to make a point than a full on heel turn. I do want to point out the first thing I noticed. Virginia is for lovers, right? Said that. And then what was on the front of the ring in between the ropes, sir? Do you remember? I'm not sure I remember, A golden actually. star. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Kota Ibushi is the golden star. Please. Please. Ken- Kenny Omega. But it would feel so Kenny- weird if he shows up and Kenny's not there. Kenny Omega 
Kenny Omega and uh, Kota Bushi are what? The Golden Lovers. Yes, I know. Come on. I, I like I noticed it immediately. Then I saw some people on Twitter putting it. So I just like I thought it was pretty cool. I was like that was kind of a subtle Kenny Omega shot. Well, I rem- and again, remember it at full, full Gear itself. That person in the front row with uh, with the sign during Kenny's match. What would Kota think? Yes, and I just think like long term storytelling. Everything means something. Does this mean something right now? No, it's a little inside baseball for the people paying attention, but. Five, six months from now, whenever Kenny Omega comes back. Because I hope, I am of the opinion, I love Kenny Omega being the workhorse that he is. But I think this should be a long break. Like, let's say he only needs two months. Take four. You know? Yeah. Let's say he needs five. Take six. Get your body 100% or as close to 100% as a wrestler can get. Which is probably like 92% or something like that. But whatever. Uh, get your body as healthy as he possibly can, then come in, have a great run. So, you know, the next Kenny Omega hangman match, whenever that happens, or Kenny Omega uh, against uh, Danielson, it'll be just the most amazing match ever. I'm not saying this match was anything less than that. I think, I think Dave gave it a five and a half, the hangman and Kenny match. He did that with a busted shoulder. Yeah. I mean, geez. Yeah, he did a five and a half with a busted shoulder, so... Just think of this man knows what the hell he's doing. Uh, but, yeah, Hangman cutting the promo. Daniel Bryan not turning heel, but acting heelish enough to get the reaction that they wanted, which is Hangman to be the person. And he's like, Hangman, I kept hearing people say this, and this made me laugh, that Hangman is so over that uh, Hangman is so over that, you know, you got people to boo Danielson. I'm like, Dude was in his hometown. He was in his home state. What the fuck did you think was going to happen? I, I mean, I'm like, he's in his home state. Yeah. That, I mean, like, that, that, that's, what, that's what's going to happen there. I'm it's like, just simple, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I'm pretty sure if he touched that same promo on Danielson in Chicago, uh, it's probably more 50-50. But... In Virginia, yeah, it's it's all Hangman. Come on, it was great. It's only gonna be Hangman. Yeah, no, yeah. no, it was great. It was a great segment, hot opening segment. Yeah, saying he's gonna run through like somebody had tweeted that he should run through the whole Dark Order before fighting Hangman. It didn't. This is like, I don't think they listen, but it's almost like they listen because he's like. I'm gonna run through the whole dark order before taking. Yeah, you and out. he he did that immediately after this this little altercation at the start of the show because Danielson had the match with Evil Uno. Uno did everything he could to get at Danielson, but eventually would get put into a triangle sleeper and then just was out instantaneously in the match. Which Uno did great. I think Uno singles wise does really great stuff. I mean, we're so used to him teaming with Stu, but like when he does singles work, he does really freaking good. So I always want to showcase that. Danielson was doing a great work of just beating up Evil Uno. Really, like I said, kind of healing it up a little bit in front of the crowd. And he said, like, look, I came out here to congratulate him, but because of this behavior, I kicked your friend Evil Uno's head in. And until I face Adam, I'm going to take out every single member, kick all of their heads in we're in chicago next week though so colt cabana if you got any nuts i'm gonna kick your head in so he challenged colt cabana and i'm very much looking forward to that honestly because then it just gives me that just gives me old school ring of honor vibes right then and there yeah it's gonna be a killer match uh colt is just as over in chicago as anybody but yeah he's gonna get his fucking head kicked in so Again, if your job if your job is going forward is to not be healed, not be a heel, but to be booed, beating up a guy from Chicago in Chicago is a way to get booed. And a guy like freaking Cole Cabana, the who's friend, beloved in Chicago, yeah. yeah, the friendliest guy ever in the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's I would gonna... love I would love to see him play heel once because I've never seen it. <laughs> And I just don't know if it's possible. I've never seen that dude not smiling and not in a good I don't mood. know, man. Is it possible? <laughs> I, I, I truly don't know. I really don't. But regardless, though, we'll get real quickly to this. Uh, there's a quick backstage interview with uh, Eddie Kingston being interviewed by Tony Schiavone. 2.0 and Daniel Garcia end up interrupting him. And Kingston's like, look, Garcia, you let two grown men call you their son. I know you're from Buffalo. And then they just start betting heads and... Um, 
2.0 is screaming you want to taste and stuff like that. He's like, one one promo. I want one week. Uh, I pray to God I get one promo where I don't get interrupted. I'm going to catering. So you know, just, you know what the uh, you know what the big like what's ironic about this? Huh? Why did him and CM Punk's fight happen? Because he interrupted, because <laughs> uh, he interrupted CM Punk. Yes. Look, bro, this is what you get. <laughs> I was like, isn't that karma at this point? It's a hundred percent karma. <laughs> I was like, this your whole last match was built on the fact that you interrupted a man doing his promo, and now you're mad because people are interrupting you doing your promo. Yeah, no, no, Daniel Garcia, uh, see, uh, Eddie Kingston's so fucking good at this. He's the it's, best, dude. It's just like. I'm glad it's like I didn't I don't want him to have to struggle as much as he did before he made it, but I'm glad we got Eddie Kingston right now. It, this is oh my Eddie god Kingston me too. right now. It's like it's one of those things. I'm like, I know some people in AEW are never gonna be champion, but good lord, I want him to win a title at some point so bad. Whether it's tag team, whether it's the six man that's coming, the T TNT title. I mean, or yeah, the TNT title. Because they're doing the TBS. Oh, TNT title. Whatever it is, I will mark out. I will be as happy. I don't care if he's a heel. I don't think he can ever actually be heel again, but we'll we'll have to see. But you just root for the guy. You rooting for yeah. Eddie Kingston. Yeah, you really are, honestly. We then had Orange Cassidy teaming up with Tomohiro Ishii coming through the Forbidden Door with Best friends and Rocky Romero there at ringside facing off against the Butcher and the Blade with Matt Hardy and the Bunny at ringside. And this was cool. This was this was just really cool just to see Ishii in the ring with all these people. Like, I, I just thought him and AEW was just nuts. Again, like, I can't even believe that we were seeing it. Um, Ishii came in and then just, like, proceeded to get hit by the Blade, didn't get didn't sell it at all and then just proceeds to drop the blade with just one shot and then orange cassidy then gets in does like a fall splash his fall splash where he just kind of just slams himself and just falls onto him is the best um this was a pretty dang good tag team match honestly i mean the bunny at one point tried to pass the brass knuckles to the blade but orange cassidy was able to jump off the turnbuckle take out the hfo and then they were able to then have ishii grab the blade hit a delay brain buster get the win and yeah i mean that was just a great win for uh i guess i guess i'll call them the chaos because like they said orange cassidy's a member of chaos at this point but oh my god dude i just see seeing this because again i love seeing ishii and he did awesome i I was really great seeing him but just hearing chaos and AEW just just makes me salivate for the idea of Kazuchika Okada in AEW. That's all I'm hearing now. Anytime I hear chaos in AEW, that's all I hear. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, this match was everything you want out of Ishii. He is one of my favorites in New Japan uh, because he doesn't know how to have a bad match. Just doesn't. And I, I, I implore you, I'd rather you wait for him to be in AEW. But if you're interested when I say that, Literally go on New Japan and just put in Ishii and then click on a match. The dude yep. does not know how to have a bad match. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to tell you an opponent. He does not know how to have a bad match. Like any match you click, seriously. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a good match. He's under up for the like the Wrestle Observer Hall of Fame just because of his consistency of entering work over the years. The dude's amazing. This match was like this dude's <laughs> five six, maybe five seven. I've stood over, I tower over him, and I'm just like six foot even, and I tower over this man. But you buy him standing up next to the butcher in training shots, and no one, no one's like, oh, that can't happen, because he carries himself with this badass intensity that I literally haven't seen since Taz. It's like they yeah. have they have this short, tough guy mentality about him, and it's just like. If Ishii was 6'6", 300 pounds, I would have, he would be same as intimidating as he is at 5'7", whatever he is. That dude is built like a bowling ball. He looks like he's going to kill you at every moment of his career. He has built up this, you know, aura where he goes in a match against <clears throat> Andy, the butcher, Andy Williams, and no, 
You do you do not think when Andy hits him seven times and then Ishii hits him once and he falls, you're like, yes, that's what's supposed to happen. There's yep. no question. It doesn't take you out of your suspension of disbelief because Ishii is that dude. He really is, dude. Again, like you, you will watch him and you will not find a bad match in his catalog. It's just not not you're not gonna find it. You're just not gonna find it. So yeah, I, I also implore you, you definitely seek that out. Um, we then had a backstage interview with FTR, Tully Blanchard, Andrade, El Idolo, and uh, Jose. Andrade said, Cody, Pack, I've proved that I'm the better wrestler than you. I've beaten you both clean. Now I'm going to show you my bad side. Cash said we, they were robbed by the Lucha Bros, so let's add Malachi and then make it four on four. And Tully said, you know, Arn, I'm not Jose. I got one more in me. So Tully teasing, trying to get in the ring with Arn Anderson. It's, so, Floyd, yeah. thoughts on that? So, first of all, this is my worst nightmare continuing because we're going to have FTR on the opposite side of Cody. I don't, yeah. And now FTR is on the opposite side of Arn and Cody. Oof. Uh, um, yeah. I don't know. That's, what to that's do. a bit complicated for you, isn't yes, it? Yes, it's going to be a great match. I'm going to be rooting for the match. That's all I can do. Um, yeah, so no, but I just thought this was incredible. Uh, I love Tully. Tully is, you know, he's the, he's the old guy that still thinks he's got another match in him, no matter what. He rests, you give him a match. He's like, I got one more in me after that. He give him another match. I got one more in me after that. He's always going to think he has one more in him. You know, nothing's going to ever stop him from thinking. And yeah, Glock Anderson, that's the name. He, he, he's basically saying, hey, Glock Anderson wants some. I want some. Uh, Tully and Arn are seriously peas and carrots to me. It's just like, I, of course, always prefer Arn over Tully, but good Lord, I love Tully. It's, it's, it's just like, so this, this whole rivalry and things, it's just like got my head spinning. I'm just like, can this be over before I go back to a live show? Cause I wouldn't even know what to wear. <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't even know what to wear to the show. I'm like. I, I, I'll wear a Thunder Rosa shirt, so I'm neutral. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this, this four-on-four -four match. Uh, I, I, uh, yeah, as far as what I'm waiting on is I was hoping they would announce that it was an uh, elimination match so they could do a Survivor Series match better than the WWE. But just, that was just my own personal pettiness coming out there. Ooh. There it goes. There's the pettiness. Yeah, this is my own personal pettiness because I sat through three hours of Survivor Series. You know, he was not announced thinking The Rock was going to show up, and he didn't. So. <laughs> yeah, about that. About that. We then, though, moving into the next match, we had a TBS Women's Title Tournament quarterfinal matchup between Hikaru Shida and the native beast Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero at ringside. Now, this is a match that I will say that we have seen in AEW before in the past, so it's one that we're a little bit familiar in seeing. So I know AEW is pretty good at just not always giving us the same match twice. However, this time it felt like they kind of did give us the same match uh, again. Though I think these guys did all right. Um, these girls did all right. But eventually at one point, Serena Deeb uh, was ringside, clipped Sheeta's knee, and that gave Nyla the ability to advance and get the win with the stretch muffler. Um, so, like, again, like... It was it was it was kind of similar of what we've seen from these these two in the past, but just with a little bit of an interference with Serena Deeb to keep her feud with Sheeta going, which I do like because Sheeta and Serena Deeb's feud is amazing. Um, I thought this was a fine enough match. I'm I'm more more so interested with Serena Deeb and uh, Sheeta's feud continuing because after how good they've put on matches recently, like I am all for seeing these two continuing to go at each other. Yes. Um... My big thing with this was I was okay because it was setting up the Sheeta and the Redeem storyline. And I do think an important part, and I've said this on the show before, so I'll be repeating myself. An important part of establishing a women's division is having women's feuds that don't have to do with the title. Yep. You need it. You need it because not every male feud has to do with the title. So it's like CM Punk. CM Punk and, you know, 
uh, Eddie Kingston, Eddie Kingston, and all that stuff. Had nothing to do with the belts. MJF and Darby Allen had nothing to do with the title. So it's just it builds for it, and you can start building up future opponents. Like maybe the winner of the Serena Deeb Sheeta feud gets you know a title, one of the title shots. But it's eventually. And it's just like, I, I am just as invested in Serena Deeb and Sheeta with no title on the line as I am with any other feud in this promotion. Mostly because Serena Deeb and uh, Sheeta have this amazing chemistry. Amazing chemistry. Like, first lockup, I was like, okay, I'm into this. I, I stated that I could watch them wrestle every day, and I truly believe that's, that's true. They just have this amazing chemistry, and I just want this feud to keep going and... Uh, but yeah, uh, Nyla getting on. Nyla's always going to be formidable, and it's always a good person to be later in rounds of a tournament because just because of her size and athleticism, she makes for a good story. The big yeah, a good challenge versus, to overcome. Yeah, a big person versus small story challenge. So I am looking forward to this going forward. All right. We then had Malachi Black with a message with Cody Rhodes for Cody Rhodes pack and the Lucha Bros saying in Chicago, I will make the air you breathe turn toxic. Deep breath, my fan, my breath, my friends, while oxygen is still on your side. So a little threatening message there. We then, however, get a little bit of a promo with MJF coming out because he has been oh so happy because of the fact that he made Darby Allen lose to a headlock takeover. So he got in the ring with Sean Spears by his side and Wardlow as well. Spears building up MJF saying like he could beat any single one of your heroes with a headlock takeover. He wants silence at this time. MJF saying like you're looking at the guy who checks all the boxes inside the ring on this microphone, the most complete wrestler on the planet, a man that will start a bidding war in the year 2024. The past, present, and future of professional wrestling. I could take your hometown horse and send him straight to the glue factory. Shot. And then he said, the rankings don't tell you that story, though. They don't tell you the truth. Because deep down, I deserve to be the next AEW World Champion. Nobody in that locker room is nearly as good as me. Nobody is on my level. Cult of personality. Fucking yes. You've seen the picture going around on Twitter. I have no reason to explain to you why this feud works. I have no reason to share anything because you already know why. You already know why. This got holy shit chance with Punk just standing in the ring with his arms crossed, staring over at MJF, giving the smuggest look he could possibly give. MJF says, hey, Maxwell, extends his hands. Punk just starts snickering, walks away, doesn't shake his hands, and... Also, that's a shot to that's a bit of a shot to the fans that are getting like, oh, all Punk does is come down to the ring and cut a promo. It's like so stupid. And like this time he came out, said nothing, got holy shit chance. So keep being mad about CM Punk. So we're getting CM Punk versus MJF. Show the picture again. Just think about it again. The picture of him and young MJF in that meet and greet. It's the best. I mean, dude, I, this this is so good. I mean, again, I'm I'm eager, eager for the promo battles. Again, it's the same thing I asked for with Eddie Kingston, and I got it, and it was amazing. So again, you're going to get the same thing with MJF, but MJF is going to literally just, you know this man's going to bring up UFC. You know this man's going to probably bring up the fact that he quit. There's going to be all different kinds of shit slung at each other, and I wouldn't be surprised, too, if Punk threw up the picture on the on the Jumbotron. To make this happen. But dude. I'm so happy. I'm just so happy man. I just Shit like this I didn't think I was ever going to see. I just want to be. I will just jump in. I, I always say you do the best at covering these segments. But I, I do want to say. Finally. Punk with someone that matters. With a few that might last a few months. That's what I, I will say though, dude. Like again, I would have been fine if they kept going with Eddie Kingston. They yeah. made it a one match thing. I I would have been fu- completely fine if they kept doing it. But I I get it. They're trying to move Punk through a lot of people. I think. Um, no. But again, too, I don't know exactly how long Punk's going to stay babyface because I do think there's going to be a period where he turns heel. But they're just trying to get him through so many people because again, like I wouldn't be surprised if he stayed in AEW for only a couple years. So this works better for him because now he's going against a faction. 
You know how MJF is. He's not going to sure. wrestle you on a dynamite. He's going to make you fight the chairman. He's going to make you fight Warlow. Then you're going to fight him when he's ready. I will say, though, he has he has gone up against a faction in Team Taz, and we never got to see that hook match. So let's see that hook match, motherfuckers. You know, but yeah, and I just, I just think it's going to be, I think this one's going to have a little more legs than his previous feud. Because MJF, we didn't even get MJF versus CM Punk promo war yet. You know, no. we, we didn't get it. Because CM Punk came out and did it, and I, th- I thought it was perfect. Because to me, that states the fact that this is not going to play out in a week. This is not going to play out by in two weeks or a month. This is going to play out for a while. Like the match with CM Punk and MJF wrestling each other might not happen to Revolution. And everybody's like, man, that's like forever away. Trust in Tony. I mean, dude, it's that simple. It's like... <laughs> and- and trust in Punk, because you know he's also like going along, like putting his two cents in all this shit too. So they got a lot of big shows coming up. They got the December, uh, December when is coming December eighth. I was gonna say in Long Island, which is where MJF is from. So they could do the match there. They could do it at Winter is Coming. They got the New Year's Slam. Is that what it's called? Yeah. New Year's Slam. The debut, the debut on TBS for Dynamite. The debut on TBS for Dynamite. They, uh, I think they're going to have a Clash of the Champions type pay-per-view on January 8th. That's all. <laughs> That's all before we get to Revolution. So I'm not saying it's not going to happen to Revolution, but I'm saying it could wait out that long. I'm just telling everybody, like, strap your seatbelt in, prepare for kind of CM Punk's long feud. I think... That's what we're at now, is we're going to get into the CM Punk long feud. Hell yeah. Now we move into an interview backstage with Darby Allen and Tony Schiavone. Darby saying, Max at full gear, you didn't break me mentally. I don't know when and I don't know where, but we're going to have a rematch. I'm not taking any time off. I want the biggest and the baddest. And that's when Billy Gunn and the Gun Club walk by. Billy saying, I'm the biggest and the baddest. Say when and where. They walk away. And Darby was like, all right, let's do it. And then this was when they announced that for Revolution, for for Rampage this week, uh, it was going to be Darby Allen versus Billy Gunn. Got to say, wasn't expecting that. But it's Darby against the big heel. Fucking Billy Gunn is huge. So if you want to talk about a size differential for that type of match, that works out well. And I think it works out as a one-time match, though, on Rampage. Um, and I was excited to see it, too, when it was announced. Yeah, definitely. I was excited for it also. Yep. We then had the Young Bucks and Adam Cole announce how Matt and Nick are not cleared after full gear. But the Elite, more specifically, the Super Click, is going to handle things, though. At Rampage, it's going to be me and one of my closest friends, Bobby Fish, against Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. And Bobby Fish was going, and that is, and Young Bucks were like, yeah, you can't say that. Can't say that. So undisputed era tease. We get to see Bob. We got to see Bobby Fish team up with Adam Cole on Rampage. Fuck yes. That's kind of funny. Yeah, it'd be kind of cool if he did say it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, you know, I'm pretty confident we're gonna see a Kyle O'Reilly of, a version of a version of the undisputed era. In uh, man, I hope so, dude. I really hope so, cause, dude, like, I would. It would be insane. They're it would still, be insane. Yeah, I think the one person that's probably not anywhere near coming is Roger. Roger Strong, Strong yeah. Because, but that's again, I'm okay with that. Technically, I'm fine with that because he he was a late member. Yeah, and I'm just like you have so many ROH people that are are available. I mean, somebody could fill in that spot. You know what sure. I mean? Sure. I mean, I mean, wouldn't you like a Kyle O'Reilly and Jay Lethal tag team? <laughs> you know what I mean? If you wanted to throw him in that, well, spot. just think, yeah, sure. I'm just, I'm just saying a name. I don't believe they're going to use Jay Lethal, but I'm just saying there's a lot of people that could cover for that spot, or they could do the throw Rockstar three. Spud in there, or three on three, because that's what it would be, right? Three yeah. on three. So, uh, no, um, yeah, it's going to be fun, no matter how this plays out. But I am really looking forward to the next few months. And I'm going to tell you something. Some people from AEW that you like are not going to sign back eventually. Probably not. And I'm just telling everybody, be prepared for it. It's how a business works. You know, it's just... 
The roster can, it, can only be so big. Yeah, and it's like, and the roster is the ever-changing thing. It is not a set thing. Like, this is our 64, and this is what we're sticking with. It's always going to be evolving, and people are going to go away and come back. And there's some people that AEW hasn't used that's going to be used better somewhere else, and it's just, it's part of wrestling. So just, I'm preparing everyone for that. Yeah, that's it. We then had the acclaimed Anthony Bowens and Max Caster versus Dante Martin and Leo Rush. Uh, Anthony Bowens and Caster, of course, Caster had his uh, his bars that he dropped. I was surprised he didn't mention anything about Leo Rush's rap career because I would have figured that would have been mentioned. Yeah, I mean, they, no, no, the retirement thing was my favorite thing because I said that was the best part. Yeah, yeah, I said the same thing. Everybody was like. I was like, I don't know how long he's going to be here. <laughs> yeah. the, the dude has retired every three months since he left the <laughs> WWE. I'm not even kidding. So, yeah. like, he seems happy in AEW. He seems like he's going to stick around. He seems good. But, shit, who knows? But that line, that line was killer. It was like, it was killer. It was like um, the mic drop. It could, he could have just, yeah, it's like. Yeah. Now this tag, yeah. Now this tag team match though was really good. I mean, the, the acclaimed are are pretty dang good tag team. Dante Martin and Leo Rush work really freaking well as basically the new top flight. Um, these guys are really freaking good. I I'm digging Leo Rush's um, involvement with Dante Martin. Dante still, I think, has got such great potential in terms of just what he can do in aew uh the match itself was really strong i felt like leo rush was able to get a frog splash on anthony bones to get the win um then after the match team taz comes out to congratulate leo and dante and then like listen it's nothing personal it's just business ricky said they're very patient and then he's like ricky stark said dante if you choose to go with Team Taz, it'll be the start of your Hall of Fame career. If you stay with Leo Rush, it'll be a me- mediocre one. So Dante showcasing how like he's quite a hot commodity in the fact that like Leo Rush has been his manager, and then now Team Taz wants to get a hold of him. So Dante has got he's been pulled in so many different ways, and this dude is so soft spoken. I'm just like, what is with this kid just getting dragged all over the place? I mean, he's freaking good, and that's the reason why. But of course, I'm just like Dante's like literally in the middle of all of this. Absolutely. I love it. I Like I said, it's making Team Taz matter. The acclaimed are trying to recruit people. People, like this faction system that AEW uh, has kind of set up, you're seeing it kind of play out. You need to be with someone. Like even Hangman is the lone cowboy. He's connected with the Dark Order. Someone has to have your back. That's just how it has to work. So I'm looking forward to it. Like literally the only two people that are like on their own, on their own right now are Brian Danielson and CM Punk. Yeah. Everybody else has some kind of connection to someone. Uh, So we're, you're, I think these connections are going to play out more over the next month or so. Yeah. So we'll definitely see those showcase themselves um, as time moves on. But we then finished off Dynamite with the main event, the TNT title match between the Spanish God, Sammy Guevara, versus Jay Lethal in his debut with AEW. Tony Nice was once again at ringside. I'm just wondering when the fuck he's going to do anything because Tony's just been sitting at ringside for a few matches now. Um, this is rans- wrestling chance we're going on through the ring. Uh, this was a good match, a really good TNT title match. Fight Forever chance got called. Lethal, I mean, dude. It's like, I still think Lethal's so good. I mean, when I saw him wrestle at uh, G1 Supercard at MSG, he did awesome in that triple threat ladder match. Um, Like, Sammy's the freaking best. I love it. Uh, There was just a really, really great match. I thought it was interesting, though, uh, how uh, Sammy Guevara finished it off with, uh, he finished it off with the GTS, did he not? Yes. uh, Yes. Uh, And it was like, so this match was perfect because you remember if last week, I don't generally do this, but I'm going to bring up what I was wrong on. I was like, Jay Lethal is going to win the title on this first night there. I, I, I truly believed it. And I'm watching this match and Sammy's playing up the ribs. And do you know, and this is Tony taking advantage of us paying attention because every time the TNT title has really changed hand other than Cody it's it's been someone uh, a Cody and Darby. It's been someone playing up an injury, 
when Cody lost to uh, Brody, uh, Brody, it was Cody had wrestled 13 weeks in a row. And he just caught up with him. Brody just destroyed him because he was tired or whatever. And then, of course, the dog collar match or whatever. But then we, when you got after Darby won, it was Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page throwing him down the steps. And his ribs were beat up. And then that's how Miro beat him for the title, right? And then with Sammy, it was Miro's neck. Uh, the You know, all the stuff that happened to Miro's neck. Sammy took advantage of that. So they had been building on the TNT champion comes in the match injured and they almost never, they never leave with the title. So this time Sammy comes in. That's what I was going based on the past and Jay Lethal, they gave us so many false finishes. Oh my God. So good. And I was on the edge of my seat because I thought Jay Lethal was going to win. And then Sammy hurt struggles through lifting them up and he's like i just gotta tough it out and then he puts him to go to hell knee it was amazing it was amazing this match was great because it was a great title defense for sammy Guevara. it was a great way to announce jay lethal on your scene and he he looked like a star he looked like somebody that could win the tnt title at any time sammy g is just showing how tough a different grit side of him and then the inner circle came out and celebrated with him. Yeah, exactly. I which I appreciated that. But I mean, dude, these guys killed it. I mean, these are two really freaking good wrestlers just going at it for uh, the TNT title. I love the TNT title. Also, just main eventing dynamite. I like the continued usage of it. Um, but um, yeah, this was just a really freaking good match. A hell of a way to close off dynamite, which was a pretty dang strong show, I will say. Um, there were a couple of spots where I thought it was just kind of like, all right, but for the most part, everything was pretty dang good. Um, and this was a, just a pretty strong dynamite. I feel like in general, but we can move over now to AEW rampage for this week, which kicked off with Darby Allen facing off against Billy Gunn. And I got to say again, Darby got bullied pretty much most of the match until he was able to come back and get the win, uh, after the match, uh, but, I mean, there was one point where Darby, again, he does the thing where he dives through the middle and bottom rope, like, just, like, throws himself through it. And then Sting just, I mean, not Sting, uh, freaking Billy Gunn just, like, takes his arm, throws him into the barricade, and he just hits it. And I'm just like, fucking A. And, like, again, Darby got rammed into the edge of the ring. Eventually, Darby was biting on Billy Gunn to try to break it free. He hit a coffin drop on the entire gun club, and then Darby Allen comes out and then gets hit by Billy Gunn. But then Billy mocks Sting, and then that eventually leads uh, uh, Billy missing a Stinger splash and then proceeding to get hit with, a, with, a, with that awesome stunner that he has, a code red, two coffin drops, getting the win on Billy Gunn, keeping the big man down. But then the gun club attacked Darby after the match. Sting comes in. Fights him off, but then right as he had his back turned, Billy Gunn clips Sting, hit him in the knee, and then they just start mocking him. And then you just start, that's that's how it closed off. So, gotta say, kind of was confused. Uh, I was a little bit surprised that they wanted to keep this going. I thought it was just going to be a one and done match for Darby before we found out what he was doing after uh, MJF. But, I mean, all right, I guess. Like, I, I, I this was a, this was a decent opener, I felt like. Um, um, and again, Darby against big people always does great shit. The big thing is the gun club in, uh, in tag teams and six man is undefeated. Like they've never lost in a uh, tag team or six man matches. So that being said, they've been building them up to, you know, prepare them for a bigger feud. And it's like Colton's 30, I think Austin's 28. So they are a little bit older than your normal rookies. So you're definitely going to want to, you know, get them involved in something. And just being in the same ring with their dad, Darby, and Sting are going to make people pay attention to them and elevate them to the next level. So Darby needs needs a feud he can win, you know, after he kind of lost the MJF one. He needs a feud that he can win. The gun club is that. They've been built up enough where the wins will actually mean something. So I'm looking forward to this going forward. And more than likely... Like, you know, me, it's just me looking forward. Sting has made an appearance or wrestled in Dallas, you know, like every time they've been in Dallas. So 
Dallas, December 15th, Winter is Coming. Sting debuted at Winter is Coming. Him having a match at Winter is Coming seems like it would make a lot of sense. It really does. Yeah, it really does. I think that would make a lot of sense. And um, I I enjoy Sting in tag team with Darby Allin. Yeah, I do too. And apparently I'm boring to you. Let me, you want me to give you some more energy here, sir? No, fuck off, dude. It's one in the morning right here, dude. Yes, it is one in the morning. I stay up. I'm... I stay up till seven o'clock your time every day, so it's nothing to me. But yeah, it is I, nothing can, to you, yes. I can imagine why you're fucking exhausted. Right I, I haven't had a break. That wrestling show, dude, I got slammed on my back twice and it fucking hurt. Dude, I can only imagine, man. I could only imagine. I saw you and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's going to hurt. <laughs> it, it did. It didn't feel good. Um, it, it didn't feel good so much that day. I barely was able to sell it because I, I was literally just like, I oh, just make sure I don't hit my fucking head. It's so weird because, you know, when you're wrestling, everybody, like, screams in pain and reaches out. and They do everything to show you your physical pain. But all the times I've actually been hurt, like, in life, I have gone really, really silent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, I remember I was running out to the car and it was cold and the garage was wet and I just, like, full on took a bump. I, like, feet over my head, just bam, hit the ground. And I remember I was like, <gasps> that the wind yeah, knocked out of you. Yes, yeah. and there was just nothing there. And it was just like, the I, worst, was, I was the in worst pain. bump. Yeah, the worst bump I've ever taken is when I was biking the Golden Gate Bridge in in uh, in, uh, in uh, San Francisco. And there's like a giant. If you if you ever bike the Golden Gate Bridge, first of all, if you haven't, do it. It's awesome. But um, there's a giant hill. Like you just take a winding path, basically, because it's elevated when you go on the bridge to get down to like the actual town that's by the bridge and stuff like that. Um, I took it way too fast. I had a bike that had the handle brakes. I got into gravel and started losing control. Hit both handle brakes and then flipped over the bike landed on my ass and then stood right back up until i had to sit down and like catch my breath it was fucking it was bad so yeah, yeah no yeah. no that sounds but i didn't scream i was just like oh i'm uh, up i'm up i'm up and then i had to sit yeah down. that's what i'm like you're you're you're, you're surprisingly <laughs> shocked and in, in not in, you're like you surprisingly not audible. Yeah, you're shocked about it happening, and then like yeah. that's when the pain kind of wells over yeah. you. Yes, but in wrestling, if you try to show that kind of pain, people will be like, this guy doesn't know how to sell. Yep, exactly. <laughs> that's hilarious. But anyways, back to back to Rampage, though. Tony Schiavone had a backstage interview with QT Marshall, and then QT was talking about how uh, on Dynamite, on this upcoming Wednesday, he wants to fight CM Punk, threatened to embarrass Punk, Said he put would put him to sleep in Chicago's in Chicago in Punk's hometown. QT, the fuck are you doing? Like my man, did you not like? How hard did Big Show slap you? I mean, how hard did Paul White slap you across the head? Like, how hard did this man just beat you over the head with his hand? Because I don't understand why you would want this. And um, we'll get to Punk's reaction to afterwards, but I will say. I heard QT say CM Punk's name, and I'm just like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? And I'm just like, again, like, it's considering, like, how, like, we just got the CM Punk and MJF uh, standoff two days prior to this episode of Rampage. Hearing QT bring up CM Punk kind of threw me off a little bit. I was like, what? Why does QT want get, to get at Punk? I'm like, the fuck is this dude thinking? QT is going to be on TV this Wednesday. Just remember that. When was the last time he was on TV before? <laughs> in a match. I think it was the Cody match in, like, what, July? Yeah. Smart play he's going to get beat. Yeah, really, he's, really yeah, he's going to get put to sleep, but smart play by him to get on TV. Yeah, I mean, hey, there you go. That's what you got to do. But we then moved on to the TBS Women's Championship Tournament again. We had a quarterfinal match between Jade Cargill and Red Velvet. Again, another match that we had seen before. But we're just getting a couple matches in these in this tournament that we were familiar with, with a little bit of backstory to it. Um, this was all right, I thought. Red Velvet had um, a decent amount of offense in the match uh, until uh, she got uh, hit, like flattened completely with uh, the jaded, and then uh, got pinned. Jade Cargo moves on. I mean, again, this was another thing that we kind of expected. Red Velvet, every time she's gone up against Jade, has gotten smacked. So. Uh, but again, I think Jade still has improvements there. I think Red Velvet, I think 
if I want to see her work with other people other than Jade, because I've only really seen her like for the most part, unless it's on darker elevation or something like that on dynamite, I've only seen her work against Jade. I kind of want to see what red can do against somebody else. Cause I feel like every time I see her, it's like kind of the same, same sort of things I see uh, from their previous matches. I don't really see it too much new. So I don't know this. I thought this was fine. I thought this was fine. Jade is the female version of Goldberg female version of Lex Luger. It's just someone that has the look. They have the uh, they have that it factor, but they're not quite there yet wrestling wise. So you're gonna get some matches where they look amazing, and then you're gonna get some matches where they don't look as amazing. When Jade has to sell, she doesn't look as amazing. It's just it's not a strong suit yet. She'll get there. Thought this match was good, not great, but good. And, you know, it ended kind of, it felt like it ended abruptly, but that might have been the feel that they were going for when she hits that uh, jaded. Yeah. So, yeah. We then had the backstage interview with Tony Schiavone interviewing CM Punk. And CM Punk said, like, look, yeah, I've lost in Chicago before, but I've also won huge in Chicago. So QT, show up on Dynamite, bring that appetite of yours because you bit off more than you could chew. Uh, This was a nice just kind of like, Punk was really channeling. I felt like those old school, like, like Saturday night, uh, Saturday night uh, promos, Saturday morning paper, like, like you know what I mean, like Saturday main event uh, promos. Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like it was like it's it just felt like it was like an old school backstage interview with Tony Schiavone that you would see on WCW and stuff like that. And Punk said something like, "You just bit off more than you can chew" and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it was that it was that it was Punk. I love it. I'm interested to see what a match between him and QT is like. Um, but yeah, I get to see Punk wrestle in Chicago again, and that'll be a lot of fun. So he, that's really all I got to say for that. He shouted out my boy Anthony Agogo. Hopefully, come back. Yeah, so. I did say I did love that too. How like literally Camarado Agogo, like Aaron Solo, like all of them. I loved how he just said all of that like straight through. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward. I'm hoping Agogo comes in. <laughs> Gives him old punch to the face because I've missed Anthony Agogo. I've missed him too. I've missed him too. We then, however, get into the main event of Rampage: Adam Cole, Bebe, and the infamous Bobby Fish, Undisputed Era, uh, versus Junk Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus. This was a damn freaking good main event for Rampage, um, and a show that I felt like was all right for Rampage. It was like one I think. Um, wasn't necessarily massively must watch because I love I did enjoy the Billy Gunn and Darby match, um, and um, I, the the Jade and Red Velvet match was fine. This kicked ass, I thought, because you got to see two awesome tag teams go at each other. These guys did such great work. Jungle Boy was able to get the win with the snare trap on Bobby Fish to get the win, and these it was just dude. I love I love the fact that these both. Both these two are here, and Jurassic Express is literally one of my favorite tag teams in AEW. They do such great work. Uh, it's just such a good match, like, honestly. Like, this this was a damn good thing. This sold, honestly, Rampage for the night, honestly. It's like just seeing this match was the reason why you tuned in for Rampage. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they were um, – they were. it was a great wrestling match. Like, pure, like, just wrestling match. And um, – they sold the idea that Adam Cole cares more about this set of friends than he does about his old set of friends because he left fish to take the, uh, left fish to take the move and get tapped out. Um, so it's just, there's a lot of subtle stories going on there. Yeah, there are. And I think it's really freaking cool how they're showcasing it and all that. But that was AEW rampage for this week. So with that, all covered up and um for a whole week of AEW that was following up full gear and stuff like that i thought it was solid i thought it was pretty good there was some really great stuff there was some all right stuff and then there was stuff for that were just fine but nothing really on the show like like floyd said at the top of the podcast nothing really on AEW this week that was just straight up bad um but we'll get into the preview of the AEW thanksgiving episode of dynamite 
Of course, we're going to get Cole Cabana versus Brian Danielson as Brian continues to try to go through the entire member force of the Dark Order to get to Hangman Adam Page. Thunder Rosa versus Jamie Hayter in the TBS tournament uh, taking place. CM Punk versus QT Marshall. And then we get the the eight-man tag match between Cody, Pac, the Lucha Bros versus Andrade, Aleister Black, and FTR. Yes, that four-on-four match, if done correctly... It's going to be amazing. It's probably going to be a main event. It's going to steal the show. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really excited to see the this like literally we go back to old school Ring of Honor with Cole Cabana and Brian Danielson. I I'm interested to see what a match between CM Punk and QT Marshall would be like because their styles are very different and I don't know exactly how it will go, but I'm excited to see it because CM Punk can wrestle anybody and it would be good uh, unless their name is. Uh, Rhyming, rhyming with uh, Trilac. If it rhymes with Trilac, then that's that a bad. It ends up very badly. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. Rosa versus Hater. Um, I feel like this is where Jamie Hater's like run kind of ends with the TBS tournament. Um, and yeah, that eight man match is gonna be absolutely nuts. I feel like, and I would imagine would also main event. But that is this week in AEW, though. I'm gonna have it. I'm gonna pass it over to Floyd real quick before we end the podcast because we got a multitude of uh, headlines to talk about when it comes to AEW. Absolutely. Um, uh, tomorrow, the CAWC, it's a women's charity, is doing uh, a meet and greet. Uh, it's doing a meet and greet right before the show in Chicago. It's thirty dollars. You meet uh, Thunder Rosa. Uh, Thunder Rosa. I had all the people right here. Ruby Soho and what's her name? Blue Sky Blue. Yeah, so I'm from the Chicago area. So it goes to the connections for abused women and their children. Uh, so definitely yeah. go ahead and uh, take advantage of that if you're in the Chicago area. Uh, they also announced, and this is something they rarely do. Next week, uh, December 1st, which is Tiffany, all of the Tiffany's 40th birthday. Uh, if you bring, Shout out! Yeah, if you bring school supplies, you get a pick with Brandy and Farrow, which, good Lord, that couldn't be uh, more perfect for uh, Tiffany, who's a huge fan of both Cody, Brandy, and Farrow. And Farrow's coming out of retirement meant to do a million great to, uh, to get, get school supplies, uh, school supplies for, you know, everyone in that area. Uh, they did announce December fifteenth, uh, Garland, Texas show is going to be Winter is Coming, so it's going to be a, it's going to be the second annual Winter is Coming. This is kind of cool because I had no plans on being at Winter is Coming this year, but then they took a show that I was already going to and made it Winter is Coming. So now I've been at both Winter. I, I would have been in, been to both Winter is Coming. So now I think I feel like I have to go as winter is coming like every year now. You know what I mean? There you go, man. Yeah, uh, December 29th, New Year's Slam in Jacksonville, and and that'll be their that'll be the last Dynamite uh, before they switch over to TBS. Last Dynamite before they switch over to TBS, so maybe something big happens there. And then the last piece of news: Kenny Omega relinquishes his AAA Mega title after a record 765 day title reign. Uh, because he's injured and apparently has to have like a few surgeries uh, to try to get better. And Samurai Del Sol, formerly known as Kalisto, is taking the spot on the AAA pay-per-view on December 4th. Also, FTR will be wrestling the Lucha Bros for the AAA Tag Team titles on that December 4th show. So if you have the chance, make sure you go ahead and watch that show. Yeah, I think it'll be a really strong show, definitely. Uh, and that'll and that match for, that Samurai Del Sol is going into will be the, for the vacant AAA Mega Title, correct? Yeah, uh, yes. It looks like it's Vikingo right now. I don't know if it's going to go Triple Threat, but right now it's Vikingo or El Hio El Hio de Vikingo versus Samurai Del Sol. All right, and then there you go. That is going to do it, I think, though, for this episode of All Things Elite. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in for the podcast every single week. If you guys enjoy the show, continue to download it on Google or Apple Podcasts. 
listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platform. A share with your friends, family, or coworkers means the world to us. You can leave a rating. You can leave a review. You can leave a donation through Red Circle. Either of those things would be amazing to us. We are at AT Elite Pod on Twitter. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Check out all their other shows on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And again, I will plug again. Please, it's my pinned tweet. Check out my story that I put together on IWE, Imperial Wrestling Entertainment show that they did in Oscoda, Michigan to raise money for the Veterans Memorial Park of Northeast Michigan. Literally was one of the most proud things I've done with my new job. So I was glad that I got to shine a... Uh, put a shine on independent wrestling on uh, local television. And I felt like these guys did nothing but great things for me. They literally let me do anything I wanted and like, let me take a slam, which was insane. Um, so please a hundred percent check that out. And uh, I would really appreciate it. But with my plug out of the way, I will go ahead and send it to Floyd to take us home for this episode of all things elite. Have an amazing Thanksgiving. Yes, we're going to, Get this uh, ended quickly because I'm. Thank you for all that uh, listen to our show. Uh, I am very thankful for you. As this Thanksgiving week is, I would like to let you know I am very thankful for everyone that takes a moment to download, <laughs> listen to this show, retweet it, whatever you do to support us. We appreciate you, and I will say Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy family, food, and football. And with that, I will say, whether it's home, work, or school. Always do your best to be elite.